0: Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with The Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close to personal, some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say in every episode, we've got a great one for you. Who do we have?
1: We have Lisa Michelle Cornelius with us today. She is an actress, singer, and filmmaker based in Toronto, Canada. She has appeared in The Handmaid's Tale, American Gothic, Black Mirror, 12 Monkeys, Chucky, A Christmas Carousel, and Color of Love. And she will be starring in her first leading role in the new feature film, A Sisterly Christmas, coming to the OWN Network on December 7th.
0: We're excited to talk about that and, more. and a lot so more. Welcome to the show.
1: Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: So i was like to start to show out kind of the same way. This last 18 months has been really tough for a lot oh, of people. Yes. And you being in Canada, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, the lockdowns there mm-hmm. have been worse than the U.S. Yes. Um, but it's so been tough for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So what if you, how has COVID affected what you do and what have you done to maneuver through us?
2: Oh, man, it's affected everything, (laughs) much like it has for a lot of people. The lockdowns were really tough, but honestly, I was really, really grateful for my family. I have a large extended family. I have, like, tons of siblings and cousins and all that, but especially my immediate family when I couldn't even see those people. Like, um, it it was uh, my husband and I have a six-year-old daughter. Like, I really... With all the time spent at home forced to stay at home um i felt my heart went out for people who were alone because it would have been that much more difficult but i was really grateful that i had family with me to keep me entertained loved comfortable um you know just keep going optimistic you know what i mean like it's Mm -hmm. it's hard to when you have when you're fulfilled in that way with family and like love like I, hope, I like to think I never took it for granted before, but now I really, really <laughs> won't take it for granted. Right. <laughs> and I said this in an interview I did recently, but it's true. Like you heard so many... Um, couples who like didn't make it throughout the pandemic a lot, yeah, we a
1: lot of those stories mm-hmm. right
2: yeah and i don't know if like half of them were it seemed like it was just like an ongoing joke but then it's people started throwing out stats of like actual marriages that dissolved because it was really tough and um a lot of
0: celebrity ones yeah yes.
2: yeah i'm really grateful that that was not the case me and my husband make jokes all the time we're like after this time, we're like oh, I still like you. I still like you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's what's been thing. funny about us is you know, we've been a 24-7 couple since for 19 years of our marriage. Yeah. And, wow. and only so many together. people have told us um, how wrong we are, how unhealthy we are, how dependent on each other we are. How, oh yeah, we've heard Isn't it. All. We had, heard it all. Every yeah. year we point? hear that. And what the and, and you know, we homeschool our nine-year-old, and of course that's wrong. And then no. all of a sudden when covid happens everybody had to live our life. Yes. Her... <laughs> We're like, like, oh, look nothing's this. changed yeah, for you
2: all. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: that's amazing. No. Hats off to you for homeschooling because for a lot of this um I didn't have to homeschool because her my daughter's school was still open if you will yeah. like yeah. Yeah, online yeah. schooling but that was that's a whole other can of worms. That was really difficult. Oh, yeah. You spend your whole time trying to keep them off of screens or on screens less and then I gotta,
1: than
2: <laughs> less then, than they're yeah. not on screens, and then it's like <laughs> actually school is on screen for eight hours today and stuff like that. So wow. that was challenging, especially because she's so young, like yeah, kindergarten. It's all about playing, being fun. And screen
0: time's yeah, gonna be tough from this yep. point on because. Everything you do, like you said, you know, you apply for jobs online. Everything you do everything is online. What so we're doing right now. You try to teach that you don't need to be online that much, but yet their whole life is going to be
2: online. 100%. So you want to make sure like they're savvy enough with it. Cause you don't want them to like yeah. be behind the rest of their peers. <laughs> but at the same time, you're like, this is a tree. This is the <laughs> grass. <And laughs> like, yeah. so, no, hats off to you for homeschooling because um, with my daughter being home uh, and doing online learning, that was challenging. Like I said, cause she's little, she doesn't want to sit in one oh, place yeah. for like a super right. long time, but, yeah. um, but it did allow us to, get a a closer inside look since I don't homeschool normally inside look on like exactly what they are learning at school and exactly what they are doing and just hearing them interact with their friends and all that stuff it was it was nice to get um a closer look and a longer look and more time with my daughter all day and in that time my husband taught my daughter to ride uh a two-wheeler like super quickly mm -hmm. things like that because we had more time. So to say that there wasn't challenges would be false. (laughs) Like, um, like I said, I have a big extended family as well. So it was hard not seeing them because normally I'm a huge family person. I have five older brothers and sisters, 14 and counting nieces and nephews, and everyone lives relatively close. So we're used to being like, every it's Tuesday let's have dinner together like things like that so then that changed yeah and that changed and then my family got really small you know but all that is all that said I've been coping because I've I've had enough I've been I'm privileged and I've had enough to keep me comfortable and safe and loved so I'm grateful
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's like with us. You know, oh, yeah. we launched this show January of 2020, so a couple months before COVID. And our original plan was maybe 100 interviews our first year. We thought if we could do that, be a great foundation. And then COVID happens. And I'm yeah. watching everything get shut down. I I told Sandy, I was like, "You know, this could be our time to shine because Ooh. all the actors and artists and all that, they have time. People for 100%. a new show." Yeah. You, know, yep. you know and all that so we reached out to anybody and everybody nice. last year yeah, and because nice. of that we did over 300 interviews last year and we're nice. almost 500 now Woo! and that's
2: great and see that's an example of how yes um there's been a lot of challenges with the pandemic but in some areas have been able to flourish it's not all and we, you got to you
0: gotta just you know again we could we what we realized was you know what we can't change COVID. we, we had can. to right. make
1: the best of so the situation.
0: what can we good. do Mm to kind of make our mark Mm -hmm. through it totally
2: totally and even opportunities like (coughs) i auditioned for and shot the sisterly christmas during this pandemic Uh and Uh it's i'm in toronto it's not to say that i mean there's lots of torontonians who audition for american films and and make a whole living doing hollywood films but that being said it's not I think it's more frequent now because the world of auditioning mm-hmm. is pretty much hundred percent self tapes. So it opens up the opportunities to audition for things all over the globe. Now more often. It's one of double-edged
0: swords a little bit, like especially for people who live in LA because you know, people who lived in LA, you competed with other people in LA. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're competing with the world because. Now you're competing the- against
1: Lisa ah. Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to step your game up, that's all. <laughs>
0: so tell us about the, your newest movie coming out.
1: Yes, it's Sisterly Christmas. Yes, so it's it comes good. out tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, December yeah. 9th. Is Tomorrow's the 9th? No, 7th. Tuesday, December 7th yeah.
2: at 9 p.m. That's what I was confusing. And uh, it's on the own network. And um, it's, a, it's a Christmas movie, so you know it's got all the things that you hope for in a Christmas movie. There's a little bit of romance, there's um, a little bit of family drama, there's humor, all that stuff. But what I think makes our film unique is that it's heavy on the the family portion of it, whereas like a lot of Christmas uh, yeah. movies, it's like you know boy meets girl and like how mm-hmm. do they, and then the whole journey is that which. Nothing wrong with that i love me a good christmas movie but Mm -hmm. um ours is a sisterly christmas so it's about Mm -hmm. my character vicky marshall and uh christina marshall played by deborah joy Winans, who i was a huge fan of before even getting to do this project so that was really cool um and it's about these two sisters who were estranged since their uh, mother passed when they were younger and ever since they just never really connected the same they never got along my character's like Super flamboyantly into Christmas. She's all like into it. She kind of is that
0: you in real life.
2: (laughs) That is, (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't a difficult role to play. I'll say (laughs) because Vicky's like extra. She likes she likes to make jokes she likes to be loud she likes to be a big presence in every room and I can't say that I don't love all of those things um I think Vicky though she was kind of using some of that and her love for Christmas and her love for packing her schedule with activities to kind of cover up the the grief of her mother so even though she blames her sister Christina for being like a curmudgeon, a, a Christmas Scrooge kind of thing. Yeah, that was just her sister's way of dealing with the grief. Like,
0: because people model- deal with grief different ways.
2: Everyone handles totally. it differently, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to the holidays. And our characters, um, oh, yeah. our characters' mother who had passed, she was really into Christmas. So of course, the holidays tend to attach a lot of emotions of uh, around mm, yeah. positivity and around the things that you miss and the people that you miss. So my sister. or or my version of the sister, Vicky Marshall, she covered all that up with as much Christmas and fun and joy as she can, and uh, the two sisters come together, are forced to come together via their Um, aunt, who sends them on a holiday resort trip. You guys are going to get along, go on this trip, I'm paying for it, you can't say no. So we begrudgingly go, and uh, a lot of hijinks (laughs) happen along
0: Mm -hmm. the way. And you know, I'm glad with movies like that because, I, again, you know, what we're talking about that people grieve different. And you know, you watch people on Facebook, and and you almost cringe because you know you see some people will say, "Well, you know, I didn't act that way," and they don't get it. <laughs> they're not yeah. the same. You know, they they're didn't the grow up person, the same yeah. way. They didn't have. I mean, and, and even if you did grow, I mean, you could have the exact same backgrounds, the same growing up, the same family, yeah. and you're still going to be. Grieve different.
2: One hundred percent. Like you, we all have, we all have the same body parts, but our hearts are still different. Like you know, our yes, hearts are still different. No how true. how things affect you, and that is clearly the case with these sisters. And that's something else I love about this um, movie is that it's a Christmas movie, and of course, you know, there's it's lighthearted to a degree, but it deals with like real emotional issues, like how these two sisters um, grieve differently, how that put them at odds where their relationship is now. So there's a bit of like relatability as well as all the Christmas con, movie fun. That's the
0: best con too. Cause like we had, um, I remember Michael Jr. come on to meet com- um, Christian comedian mm-hmm. and he came on the show and he talks about that he uses comedy to bring up serious topics. So yeah. to make people laugh so they yeah. can let their guard come down.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, well, for me, I feel like that's one of the best ways to deal with it. I mean, to a degree, some people it can go all the way far so far that you're like covering up your emotions and not right. dealing with them. But mm-hmm. sometimes it can be an effective way of dealing with it. You know what I mean? And it's a nice, soft way. What, of- what I'm saying is
0: he yeah. uses it out there so that you know he makes people laugh. Yeah. At serious things to make them think about the serious things. Right. But and then now the guard comes down.
2: That's right. People are more willing to receive it because they don't feel attacked. They don't exactly. feel like you're cornering them with that serious mm-hmm. information. You're just here it is, but you know, it's, well, there's not, like you said, there's nothing we can do about COVID. There's nothing we can do about a lot of things. So you yep. might as well just navigate through life, find a way through it, find a way to laugh, find joy.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, yes. So what do you think about being on the own network?
2: <laughs> okay, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't super excited. Oh, yeah. Super excited because it's the own network, but it's also the Oprah Winfrey network. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> She's exactly. just a little bit famous, exactly. right?
0: Just, <laughs> just, just, just a little bit. <laughs> having,
2: having any degree of connection to Oprah Winfrey is super exciting. Um doubly exciting, like I said, just being from Toronto, like I'm not I'm not even Hollywood yet. Um, so it's just exciting to have so you're had the opportunity to there eventually, yeah. I hope so. I hope so. Even just having the um, opportunity to um, perform and audition for this project, um, much less, you know, be a a part of it and be so, and have such a good time at it. Like, Deborah Joy was, like I said, I was a fan of hers before. She's the star of another hit-owned network show, Greenleaf. Um, And she was fantastic. Like, I really feel like we did make a sisterly connection during that time. Like, um, being the two leads of it, we spent a lot of time together, <laughs> many, many, many hours, many, many hours. And um, even in the in-between hours, like we spent some off hours together. I celebrated my birthday over that time. And um, Deborah and Kiana who plays our nemesis <laughs> and our <laughs> DP and stuff, they had a little celebration for me, just a mini one, cause it was COVID, we couldn't do much. But um, so yeah, I felt like it was the own network. So that was something to celebrate. Oh, wow. It was also a good time. That was something to celebrate it was great people it was just i'm really really grateful for the whole experience it was wow. i hope all of that joy and positivity and like all the good vibes that i was feeling i hope that translates on screen <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so as you know a lot of people um they see the glory in what you do but they don't see the grind the sacrifice the tears the struggles that it gets <laughs> that it takes not just to get to the big level, but even a career level within entertainment. And I always want to talk about that side of it, because I think a lot of people sugarcoat this. They they actually they believe if I got the talent, I'll make it. I'm good. But it's a lot more than just talent. It's, you know, it's network talent, a little bit of luck and everything in between. Yes. And um, so let's talk about what you've had to go through and sort of the struggles and sacrifices you've made even to get to where you are today.
2: I'd say it's um, it's a a sport of tenacity, perseverance, patience, grace with yourself, and also building like um community. <laughs> like um i I always say or joke that if I ever win an Emmy or an Oscar, any of those big awards, mm-hmm. I'm like, I have to thank my husband first because yeah. you know for a lot of a lot of the time many 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 years he was supporting us all because mm-hmm. uh, being an actor is precarious work like you know you <laughs> get lucky and when you get lucky you get lucky I mean it pays really well when you, get, when you get <laughs> work but then yeah then the pendulum swings and then you're you know you're auditioning which is fun it's still acting it's still part of the job but you
0: gotta make that money last
2: that's right you gotta make that you gotta make it last it's just it swings back the pendulum swings so you have to have um tenacity and and belief in yourself and i know belief in yourself sounds so cliche and i didn't understand it until i got to where i am now and i'm like i get it because so many people Will doubt you, and not out of maliciousness, but just because there yeah, are a lot of talented yeah. people out there, and you know everybody can't be a fan of everybody, everybody can't support everyone. An agent can only take so many clients. So if you don't believe in yourself enough to be like, no, I really, really That's can't. One hundred
0: percent of the people can't win. Yeah, one hundred percent of
2: people can't win. So you That's have true. to believe in yourself that be like, no, I am going to win, <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to believe me. And I've used that tenacity to get with. Um, signed to agents that at the time, maybe I wasn't at the level I should have been, but I knew I could do it. Mm -hmm. And Um, for I, I love giving this example because it sounds like a story but it's a true story in that um, the agent I had before the one I currently have they're like one of the biggest in Toronto and I got started uh, in this career as a professional later in life, even though I was acting since I was a mid teen I didn't oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I wasn't a professional until like mid 20s maybe close close to 30 which is like. Super old, apparently. <laughs> and, um, oh, yeah. and I remember writing a letter, a co- uh, email, and a cover letter to the agency that I wanted, who was like the top one in Toronto. I didn't deserve to be there every year for eight years. And they just went unanswered every single year. And I, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be bitter in the email, I wouldn't say, well, this is the third time I'm writing you. Like, I didn't I didn't come with any ego. I was just, I always just told them what I was up to. Well, now, you know, I got myself cast in this commercial without representation. So what more could I do with a great partnership? And I was persistent, persistent, persistent and kind every time. And until finally, she <laughs> probably got tired of, filling her inbox, she came and saw me to audition and I and, and I auditioned for her in our office and then she still had excuses. She's like, well, you know, your audition was good, but like, you know, I already have people your age or I already have people who look like you. And I'm like, what they don't have is um, my inexperience is actually an advantage. The fact that I haven't been seen by every casting director repeatedly in the city is to your advantage. I go, everybody you have on your roster who's more experienced oh, wow. than me, hats I off see. to them they're not new anymore Like, <laughs> i go you're gonna get right. a fresh face who's now eager i'm not jaded i haven't been doing it long enough to be jaded and so i have all this energy so you dude, really I, sold yourself i wore her down i wore her down <laughs> yeah. and, and i got and i got in that agency under like i said she's probably just like oh just fine here um because i i pointed out that it doesn't cost you anything to represent me like right. you know like just just do it so she did and god was with me i booked the very first job she sent me out on, and wow. it turned out to be okay. a job that kept paying. It was, um, uh, I was a musical, Godspell, and okay. so I did the musical. It was like six weeks in like a small town in um, Ontario, um, so about an, two hours from home or so. Um, but then that turned into they rebooked me for that same production company booked me for an extended tour and it ended up being a US national tour. And it ended up being this one job turned into like six months of work and commission for that agency. I got to tour with uh, the first US national Broadway cast. And I'm like, if I let the eight years of no's Not even knows. I didn't even get a note. She didn't even respond to me. (laughs) If I Mm -hmm. would be like, well, I probably shouldn't aim this high because I'm not really ready. And truth be told, maybe the first year I wasn't ready. So Mm -hmm. my path was to apply for eight years. Maybe that's what I was supposed to do. And that's what I did, (laughs) kind of thing. So by the time she saw me, I really was ready. But that whole time, what I had was belief in myself that whenever she accepts, my plea to come and audition for her. I'm going to kill it. And she's going to accept me. Wow. So <laughs> and, myself has really worked.
0: <laughs> and we get exactly what you're saying, because, you know, with our show, you know, we're still a new show. We're less than two years old. We have no backing and we're not part of iHeartRadio, all grassroots. Yeah. And um I remember, and, and I'm aggressive when I'm trying to get people on the show and i will every month i will email their pr people um can they do it now can they do it now can they do it it now and i I think i've worn quite a bit of people out including um um, um, remember um we 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 got scotty mcquery not too long ago and i remember his and i and i still i think i just wore him out maybe i don't know (laughs) i've never asked um but the manager finally says look even if I could give you some time, I can't give you 45 minutes. That's what I always usually I quit asking for time now because I learned that that's burned me in the past. So I just yeah. say to, to pitch people to come on and then we can discuss the t- how long, you know, then yeah. you know, I learned that lesson. Yeah. But, and he was like, he's, he was like um, the most I could get. He said, Scotty, don't do big interviews, five to 10 minutes. And so I emailed back said I can do 10 minutes. I didn't even hear the five. I heard (laughs) it.
2: Yeah, you go for the highest one. And,
0: and, you know, we got it and all that. But again, it was one of the moments where, and 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 we've had several moments where I think I just wore the people out and they're like, okay, let's just get them on there.
2: (laughs) And I think as long as you do it with kindness, no one ever has a bad thing to say. You know what I mean? Like I said, in emailing that agent for every year, I was never you know, I eat, this is the fifth time I'm writing you kind of thing. Cause that, you know, you catch more flies with honey. I was always sweet, Mm -hmm. kind, factual. This is what I'm doing now. This is what I'm doing now. This is what I want. And, but the the persistence does um, as they say, you know, water can wear down a rock. It takes many years, but Mm -hmm. it, it happens. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, that's what I think you really need, but you have to be willing to be that water and willing to put in that time. And when a lot of people say um, or ask um, just as you have, you know, how, How would I say that or how did I get where I am now? How did I find the amount of success that I have now? And hopefully there's a lot more to come, but how did I even get here? Um, It's the tenacity and like the perseverance in that the older I get, of course, the better actor I become because I, I have more life experiences. Like I've experienced more of everything the more time goes by, but also the longer I've outlasted peers It's not that I'm the most talented, but there's a lot of people who used to be my competition who either had to go this way or that way or pivoted into another career or just didn't want to hack it anymore. Um, So the the longer you stay with something.
0: Everybody falls out.
2: Everybody yeah. else falls out or, or like more and more people fall out. And I don't hope that for my peers, yeah. but it's just what happens. The longer you stay in and
0: outlast everybody, you just, outlast. And, and, you know, I got a great analogy for that, that I mm-hmm. love to always tell when that when this comes up, Um, it's like, I remember the story of um two guys in the woods and a bear pops up and a guy jumps down and he's tying his shoes tight. And the other guy is like, um, what are you doing? You can't outrun that bear. He goes, I don't have to, I just got to outrun you.
2: <laughs> exactly and ain't exactly. that kind of how it is i mean you
0: just gotta outrun like i remember yep. will smith saying one I, time, was just, I know what quote you're gonna say but i want to hear you say it i love but, this but where he talks about being on a treadmill yes and where he says <laughs> that if we're competing i will die before i quit yeah he, say, he says he's he just he you just he says i will out he says i was never the best Mm-hmm. and acting, the best at singing, the best at rapping. He says, "But I will outwork you."
2: 100 and that's that is all it takes. That right there is all it takes. If you're willing to outwork someone, it doesn't matter um what they've got. Like they don't have anything Overworking hard. <laughs> like that's that's really yeah. what it is. Um, and yeah, his quote, I, I remember that distinctly, and that's one of my favorite quotes of his. He's just like, You might be faster than me, taller, stronger, more talented. He's like, But if the two of us are on a treadmill, <laughs> one of two things is gonna happen. He's like, Either I'm gonna win or I'm gonna die <laughs> trying, uh-huh. but I'm not <laughs> getting off that treadmill. Mm-hmm.
0: I always, I've heard that quote so many times of yes. his clips and I'm always like, wow, every time I hear that, because it's so true. Mm-hmm. You, ha- you have, you know, if you don't believe at that level,
2: mm-hmm. you might as
0: well get out of entertainment.
2: Well, totally. And I mean, it's not that,
0: it's not it's that tough. I
2: always believe that we're meant to be one path because um, like I said, some people, have fallen off of uh, this path, not because they weren't good enough, but maybe life just turned you a different way and you were supposed yeah. to go down another path and that's okay too. Exactly. Um but just being open to that and knowing knowing what your purpose is, then you should stick with that. Because I have thought many a time, maybe wanted to think that maybe I shouldn't be an actor. Maybe I've done this long enough. <laughs> I have quit about 88 times like before. <clears throat> so as much as I talk about tenacity, tenacity doesn't mean you never have quit. Because I certainly have, at least in my mind. Like, That's that like I'm lucky to
0: have her because so many times I'm on that cliff where yeah. I'm like, I don't feel like our show's going where it needs to go yet. Yes. I and mean, we're getting great guests, but it's just, I'm still want to go to that next level. Yes. And sometimes I'm like, it's never gonna happen, it's never gonna work, it's not this, it's not that. I'm in my little pity party and yes. she has to pull me off that cliff.
2: Oh, that's see that when I was saying about community, I also really mean with that, like family, because that's um who you have been to Chris, Sandy, is how my husband has been for me and he's not even an actor so he's not in this with me intimately but so many times like i've, I've stopped quitting now in recent years but I used, to quit all the I used to quit all the time and he would always take me off that ledge and be like lisa let's be real like this is all you want to do you are not happy doing anything else like you've tried it like the benefit of me starting late as a professional actor, you
0: tried a lot of stuff
2: is that i've done a lot of yeah. things already like i i don't mm-hmm. have in the back of my mind oh what if i tried the corporate route like maybe I would have liked that maybe I would have because I tried it and I don't (laughs) (laughs) like I've I've done that I've worked probably Mm. everywhere you can think of so I've I've run the gamut of things and this is the this is um one of the only things that no matter when I try to shove it in the back um, or put it aside and be like, I don't want to do it anymore. I just want to get benefits like my accountant and nurse friends, like every I want to get paid every two weeks. Like I just want to be a normal person. Like being an artist is too hard. I've tried to pray away the the desire to <laughs> be creative and <laughs> and uh, yeah, God God himself was like, you know, <laughs> like this is what you're this is what you're supposed to do. And yeah. um, so then once I finally came to grips with that, like being uh performing is not what i do that like it's such a huge part of who i am like being an artist is not what i do like it's very much a part of who i am and then i started to take pride in that as opposed to being like this is hard i'm like what am i saying it's hard to be me because this is what <laughs> this is what it is this is what it is like not to say i can't do other things i already have other ventures and things going on but this is a part of me that will never leave And once i ex- once i accepted that I was able to just move forward a little more smoothly. Still with some some doubts, and you know, I have, you know, I'm an actor. (laughs) We're all a little self conscious or uh, lack self confidence here and there, Uh, especially when you don't get that gig where you're like, I really nailed the audition, didn't they watch it? So you
0: ever have a gig? You ever (laughs) have a gig that you got? Well, you felt like you nailed it, and then you watched a show or movie, and you're like, okay, I get why I didn't get it. You know what? no, I I'd say I'd say what,
2: what I have what I have experienced was auditioning for something, being like, oh, I really wanted that, and watching it and be like, I could have totally done that better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's more often. Yeah. <laughs> call it what you will, you know, actors vanity, but I more often feel like that where I'm like, oh. Come on. Like, or Mm -hmm. not that I felt like I was better than that person, but yeah, I "I, I could have done that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, and then, but sometimes what I've noticed as well is that when I've watched something, you realize that, oh, it had nothing to do with me because both me and that performer were talented, but they looked more like the mother of that child who they cast. And um, Mm -hmm. that's something I learned a lot as well. Like, if you're auditioning for, um, at least in my experience, maybe some producer or casting director is going to say that this is incorrect. But in my experience, um, children are harder to cast because obviously there's less of them performing okay, I mean, at a professional yes, level. Right. So if they've already got a child cast and you're auditioning, you better hope you look like that child's parent uh, or like yes, you at least fall that. into sure. like mm-hmm. the racial real uh, realism of being that, uh, that parent. <laughs> um, otherwise, the likelihood of you getting that role is slim because it's easier to find another person who fits my physical description at this age than it is to find another incredible child actor who's like six years old who can nail this part, memorize the lines. Like it's harder to cast them. So sometimes as an actor like we think um, all kinds of things about ourselves. We put like get all these negative thoughts about why you didn't get a role and sometimes it's like oh you're too tall or you didn't look like the rest of the family or whatever reason or you know what i mean like little things that really didn't have anything to do with um our ability per se yeah. so yeah the longer i do this i'm learning slowly not to take things personally and most of the time 99 percent of the time i don't i only i only feel a ways i will if if i audition for something and they keep calling you back
0: mm-hmm. and
2: back mm-hmm. and God. back and then you don't get it then it's like heartbreak it's like but why why did you call me back so many times <laughs> <laughs> that's really hard work
0: love that now as you know a lot of people they see you and they see the other actors and artists and all that but they don't see the teams behind y'all in our opinion the teams never get the love they deserve on our show they do so take a few moments to tell us about the team that helps you be who you are
2: oh i love that no one ever asks that or even brings that up you know and then I'm gonna shout out my my current agent who's not the one I wrote for eight years Mm -hmm. my current Mm -hmm. agent as Alex Kasman at uh, Fountainhead Talent and she's incredible in that I've never had an agent actor relationship in that um when I if she has a question about how I feel about a part before submitting me. Like she mm-hmm. will ask me about it, Um, especially, you know, given the current climate and like everyone being more socially conscious, which I appreciate oh, her, yes. you know, as a, as a white Jewish woman, like she takes in consideration some roles that like when they come through that like, maybe you don't want to play this, but you know, I'm going to present it to you anyways because mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah. maybe it's not. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes I'm like, no, I think that's funny. Like I'll do it, like whatever. Right. And then it's no big yeah. deal. And then other times I'm like, uh, you're right, this is kind of weird or whatever but i've never had an agent care <laughs> enough to like bother like asking oh, wow. n- yeah. not to say that i've had like mean agents i've always had people that were respectful of course but um
1: mm-hmm.
2: but that wouldn't that i i remember for instance uh you know i've had experiences uh, in the past where I would get a role, a, a breakdown for an audition. And I I used to feel like I couldn't say no to an audition. Like I felt like oh, okay. as an sure. actor, because we're not constantly working 365 days a year, it's a privilege, mm-hmm. it really is, to get an audition. Because even to get the audition, they had to look through a number of headshots and resumes, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I used to feel like I had to say yes. And I remember having in the past an experience of feeling like I couldn't say no to auditions, even if they felt really awkward or offensive no, wow. or whatever. And I remember writing my agent at the time, a previous person, like a big long letter and like really delicately, like, I'm really sorry. I'm not trying to waste anybody's time, but I really don't want to do this because of X, Y, and Z. And she just wrote back, okay. like. <laughs> then you like, learn i was you like learn. okay i like great. so you don't want to have a conversation about this I'm like, whatever but, but anyway bring it back forward and positive my current agent really really cares about everything and um when i book a role she facetimes me like nobody facetimes like she facetimes because oh, wow. like she wants to give me the good news like and oh, wow. see my reaction and she celebrates with me she's as excited for oh, me um amazing. As I am when I book a Rolex, like, I swear she's as, as excited as I am, and uh, wow. she's wow. she's just really like a, a real like what you would want in yeah. a uh, in in somebody who's representing you in that way. Like she's a legit like fan of of me, but not in a, like a not in like a follower type of way, but yeah. like, uh-huh. a fan of my work and like what I can do, and mm. projects that to people when casting and things like that when she's putting me forward for work. So you're watching this alex i really appreciate you um also my pr uh, person newly who you've been in contact yeah. with amira de Vira my first ever pr representative i've never been at the level (laughs) where i've needed one (laughs) like this is not the first interview i had but normally i could manage the amount of interview requests and stuff on my own but with a sisterly christmas being on own like there's a lot of wonderful little different around that which is great um so amir is fantastic and has been connecting me with great shows like yourself great magazines and all over um that i wouldn't have contact with directly because but as you know I'm Canadian so she's put me in contact with a lot of media like in the US and stuff and also just great to work with. I'm I'm a fan of kind people. I'm always about kind people over talented people any day. I feel like oh, you can teach anybody hilarious. anything. You can navigate relationships uh, or like a working relationship any which way great. but um if I can love you, we're going to be
1: <laughs> <those are> professional.
2: <laughs> I know that's not professional, but like, I can't work with people that I couldn't love. I really get that. Yeah. Like, it just, especially doing what I do, it can be so emotional. It can be so the sensitive. a roller coaster. Yeah. It's such a roller coaster. And you have to have, well, I have to have, maybe not everybody needs this, but mm-hmm. I, I like to have a team that doesn't have to get emotional with me, but at least they understand it. They understand yeah. why, yeah. like, you know, I might be frustrated at like looking mm-hmm. for this amount of time or like or why I want to turn down that audition or why I really want that audition or or things like that. So I'm I'm grateful that I have a, a team that is willing to at least hear me out, acknowledge who I am, my feelings, my wants, cares about my. And goals. of course, your husband, my husband, top of the list. Uh, he's super great. I would have I would have probably given up a while ago. And honestly, like I. There's so many. There's so many ways I could thank him financially, <laughs> of, <laughs> like just emotional support. And I think it's mm-hmm. extra funny. Um, I saw an SNL skit a while back. Um, <laughs> even after this interview, if I find it, I have to send it to you. It's so funny. Um, an SNL sketch that came out years ago with um, a performer who was married to a non-performer, and oh it was almost God. like an ode to people who are married to performers because we're oh, all wow. a little cuckoo mm-hmm. for sure, and <laughs> just all the things that they have to go through, especially during this mm-hmm. pandemic. My, my husband had to be my, my scene partner because we're no, no longer going into audition rooms. So everything is a self-tape. So everything is a self-tape. And when we were on heavy lockdowns and I couldn't even go to self-tape studios or work with other actors, everything was at home. And so,
0: so your husband was, became that
2: my husband became an actor and he has zero <laughs> desire to be an actor. Wow. <laughs> like zero desire to be an actor but I always joke that after almost two years of being my reader I'm like you know you're you've gotten to be a better actor like you're <laughs> you're a legit scene partner now he's like no thanks like he can't wait for for things to change a little bit more I'm sure yeah but yep. Yeah, no, I have a great deal of support of people. Oh, one, one day something
0: time. may pull him into a scene where he can't say no.
2: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> and one more set of people I have to say thank you to since mm-hmm. we're acknowledging teams, even though I'm a, a grown woman and, you know, I don't live with my my parents. My dad uh, passed away in 2014, but my mom yeah, is still around. But
0: life my, um,
2: thank you, um, my parents were always supportive and that like of me being an artist always 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 and that is not common for a lot of parents in general but in particular not usually a lot of immigrant parents like my parents are jamaican and usually Mm -hmm. or i shouldn't say usually i don't know every immigrant parent but a lot of my peers who have immigrant parents they're like i didn't make all (laughs) the sacrifices i made to come (laughs) to this country (laughs) for (laughs) you to act like for you to play for a living kind of thing but i'm really thankful that there hasn't been a single second in my entire life that my parents ever made me feel that way not not even one Uh time um i i my dad put me in dance i wish other parents
0: would understand that
2: yeah and i mean because i was my i was my only detractor it was never my parents it was never my siblings like everyone always thought like oh yeah like for sure, uh, she's gonna do this, like, because they saw that as a creative person. <laughs> and they were just like, they didn't really understand it, mind you. But they're like, sure, go do whatever. My my dad's only stipulation was that, like, well, you have to go to college. I don't care what it's for, but like, it's not a, you're not gonna be one of those kids who, I'm gonna t- take the year off and tour Europe. He's like, none of that. Like, you're going to school. That's that my only requirement. Is I had to go to school. Um, but other than that, like, I I always had or I never had any detractors behind me. It was always, if anybody thought I couldn't do it, it was just me sometimes that that yeah. would make me feel that way. And I can't imagine how much harder, because it already is hard enough to build that belief in yourself. Exactly. I can't imagine how much harder right. it might be with people around you trying to get you not to do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've always had just a consistent set of uh, supporters in my family, outside of my, with my friends, like everything. Everyone wow. knew I could do it, even when I didn't think I could.
0: That is awesome. Now, speaking of teams and family, we have a third yes, co-host, our nine-year-old. That oh, we all nice. nine So, Sandy's going to go get him.
2: I'll get nice.
0: Um, and we got a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter that when she gets, I keep saying two-and-a-half, but she's about to be three and um, February 27th, so a few more months, oh. she'll be three. But when when she gets a little older, she'll be plugged into the show, too, because we are a family affair.
2: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's really, really cool. When you said, speaking of family and teams, I thought you were going to bring out one of my
0: family members. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how would you swing that? <laughs> that would have been cool. <laughs> I
2: was
0: like, you are good.
1: <laughs> hey, how are you I'm doing? I'm uh, doing great. Hi, Lisa. Was it fair food? Pardon? What's your favorite food? <laughs> I'm sorry, favorite I food.
2: didn't hear you. Favorite uh, food.
1: Oh, favorite my favorite food.
2: food. I'm sorry. My favorite yeah. food? Probably spaghetti. Probably spaghetti with a good meat sauce. My husband makes the best. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite food?
0: Mine's pizza.
2: Pizza. Universal. Okay, what, what's your favorite thing to put on the pizza? Because not everybody likes the same toppings.
0: Uh, pepperoni, sausage, and supreme. He's got three faves
2: pepperoni and supreme yum yeah. i actually what's made it? my own pizza for the first time the other day i bought pizza dough so i didn't really make it from scratch but it was close oh, wow. and it was really good <laughs> huh. what's, what's your name Let him catch your name
0: huh? oh my name is christopher christopher nice to meet you all right so what's the best tv show
2: Ooh. oh there's so many good tv shows I like when the Big Bang Theory was out. I was a big fan of the Big Bang Theory. Like millions of people. (laughs) That was one of my favorites. Um, I like some kind of creepy Netflix shows. There's one called the Ozark, which is pretty intense. And uh, I like that one. That was pretty good, too.
0: And what's yours? My SpongeBob.
2: SpongeBob. <laughs> My daughter had a huge SpongeBob hamper just recently, but she's had it for so many years that we had to, we had to toss it. Got all <laughs> <right> to it.
0: <laughs> What's your favorite movie?
2: Favorite movie other than a sisterly Christmas? I really like iRobot Have you seen that one with uh, Will Smith? Uh, no. It's like it that. <laughs> yeah, have you seen it? Oh, yeah, I, I, I have yeah
0: yeah. yeah it's a the scary part is with the whole AI stuff now you can you know I read an article that it's an organism, but they've found a way for a robot to create a robot. <laughs> And, you're, and I'm sitting not- there like, okay, we're about to get into iRobot in the next 10 years. This is
2: why I have been such a huge fan of the movie. And like, people always laugh at me when I say it's my favorite movie, because it's not one of like the, the classics that everyone has as their favorites. But I like it for that reason where I'm like, there's a lot of truth in here that people are not seeing. I feel like it's... Foreshadowed the they see it, it's foreshadowing. It's
0: going to be too late because if we get there, we're in trouble.
2: Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I think we're there. <laughs> I think we're
0: there. I watched a thing with Elon Musk the other day. Sometime this year, I'm not sure when it was recorded, mm-hmm. but somebody was asking him about AI and all that. And he says, um, he says, normally the government is late to things. You know, people have to die. Mm. Then the government will make regulations and change it. Right. He says- he says government can't do that here. He says if the government's late here, our world it's is in late. trouble.
2: So what, is he, what kind of action is he calling for?
0: He, don't, he, he said we got to slow it down. He said if we don't slow it down, there won't be civilization 10, 15 years from now
2: isn't he part of the problem
0: though? <laughs> I don't so, know. I
2: think he's part of the ones creating it. But that's what that was what I
0: thought. It'll be interesting the next 15, 20 years to tell you, you know, AI's AI, like I, even Stephen Hawking, I remember um before he died, you know, somebody asked him about AI. What do you think of AI? He said he says, I don't know. He he said AI will either be the best thing. That the world has ever created or it will destroy the world. One or the other. He said that will be the only two paths depending on mm. depending on the regulations that follow. Right. Wow. So,
2: and like he said, it was too late. Like you can't even enforce regulations once, once the it,
0: once it gets
2: out there. So you yeah. can't it,
0: one of the moments of where um governments better get their butts in order or we all may be in trouble. I mean, oh, hopefully man. we're not, but you know, we just you know, who knows?
2: And what's funny is the main system in iRobot that uh, was controlling everything and brought, was trying to bring
0: down the demise
2: of the world unknowingly was was named Vicky. And that's my <laughs> character in A uh, Sisterly <laughs> <Week>
0: Christmas. <laughs> the eroticness of
2: <in> that. <laughs> <The> irony. <laughs> hey, uh, am I supposed yeah. to say mine? Or is yeah. You, yeah,
0: Mine wrong? is a Minions movie. Minions? Which yeah. one? I
2: think there's three. He uh, all, all. all of them all of them i like the music in minions i love the soundtrack the songs are good right. bye thanks bye it's nice to meet you
0: yeah he loves to be part of the show you know We've yeah why not done almost 500 interviews and he's been on um, pretty much i mean there's only been a few where like the uh, guests because we always have him close to the end Mm-hmm. So sometimes the guest might be like in the middle, and I didn't, you know, I'm thinking we're going 45 minutes or so. And all of a sudden, the guest at the 30 minute mark says, you know, I'm sorry, but I got to go. <laughs> so, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> so every now and then, yeah. that, he's not on, but for yeah. the most part, he is.
2: And he loves it. Fair. Well, my wonderful PR person, Amira, um, did let me know that you would need about an hour. So I came prepared. Yep. I came prepared.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. All right. There's some sources of inspiration for you.
2: Sources of inspiration. Um, my daughter, for sure. Like I mentioned, oh, she's yeah. she's six and she's whip smart and full of personality. She's super hilarious and brings me right back down to earth. If I ever get too distracted or, you know, full of what I'm doing and get down the tunnel of working too hard, she'll bring it right back. Yeah. So she, she definitely oh. inspires me to be present when I'm not. Um, and yeah. Um, Definitely, definitely spirituality, for sure. Um, I grew up Christian, but I feel like I I embrace a, a, a plethora of spiritual concepts. I just think it's, for me, uh, it helps my mental health to like meditate mm-hmm. um, and pray and just like have, I love my solitude. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> as much as
2: I'm grateful, I'm
1: super grateful uh-huh. for my
2: family. Sometimes I'm like, all right, going in this room for 30 minutes, nobody even knock on the door. Like, <laughs> like I, I get that. When so right. right? And, yeah. and sometimes
0: I'm not. Because she's in the bathroom, bathroom. And, the, and, the, and the and the Caitlin has to go in there too. Oh,
1: yeah! Yes. <laughs> Always <laughs> got the shadow with me. Yep. Oh, of course. Oh, because that, that's
2: the two-and-a-half-year-old? Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Oh, I mean yeah. Say, like well, forget about half. it for another five years. Them. You're not going to be alone. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going you know, on, you yeah. know that it's already. It's funny. Huh? To
0: follow her... But if there's something that's got to be done, she wants me to do it not her.
1: Oh, like yesterday yeah. Christopher asked, "Who's your favorite parent? Is it mommy or daddy?" She'll pick daddy every oh, time.
0: So that,
1: always daddy. That's funny. That's my daughter.
2: Well, she's a daddy's girl through yeah. and through. She's like if we're out at a restaurant and there's a bunch of people, she wants to sit beside daddy. She wants to. Yeah. She's definitely a daddy's girl yeah. for sure. Um, I'm only now getting over it. I'm like, "Fine. I just <laughs> I just carried you. No big deal." It's fine. No big deal. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So a motivation. So what did, what did I say so far? Solitude and spirituality, which I consider mm-hmm. one. Yes. <laughs> one sort of thing. Her, yeah. Uh, yeah. My daughter. And, um, hmm, maybe <laughs> it sounds funny, but food. I like cooking it. I like cooking oh, it. yeah, that's a good <laughs> like,
1: yes.
2: Sometimes I, I just need a break, like, if I'm studying a script or even right. just focusing on any kind of work, because, you know, I, there's a lot of admin portions of, of, of my work as well. Um, You know, mm-hmm. taking a nice break and, like, actually preparing, like, a full meal or something. That, that yeah. sometimes just, it's just creative yeah. enough, but also separate from working <laughs> that nice. it feels Let's good, yeah.
1: <laughs> awesome. And what would you like for your legacy to be as an actress? What would you like to be most known and remembered for?
2: Oh, I'd like to think that I open doors for other performers who look like me. So here in um I feel like honestly, it, we so you want to be Oprah. To think- well, oh wow, yeah. Right,
0: well, I mean, you know, she's she, opened oh, doors. Too. I she's mean, she's really opened yeah. a lot of doors.
2: That is that is so so true, so smart. Um, I would one hundred percent agree. Like, I mean, I don't even know if I'm dreaming as big to say <laughs> I want to <everything> be <laughs> like Oprah, but um, I would like to be somebody known as um opening doors and making things easier oh, for performers. Great. Like here, um, in Canada, we are union, which is um um uh related to SAG like so so similar purposes in terms Mm of a union that represents performers I belong to ACTRA but um in addition to just being a member like I also serve as a counselor Um, I also um, used to serve for many years as their uh, co-chair of their diversity and inclusion committee and things like that there's just so many aspects of the industry that are really moving in a great positive direction like we're seeing so much more positive representation and things like that Mm -hmm. and all of that doesn't happen by accident (laughs) you know what i mean like all of that happens with people being like hey can we examine this over here and maybe fix this or add a policy Mm -hmm. here like it just doesn't happen by people opening their hearts because people don't tend to do that without a little prodding (laughs) yeah Yeah. i'd like to think that some of the volunteer work that i do um uh, serving on actor council and uh the years that i spent on the committee i'd love to think that my work as a performer has also opened doors for other performers to do cooler, better things have more opportunities than even I have now.
1: I'd like to think that it gets better from here and not worse. Absolutely. And if you could say anything to your followers, what would you want to tell them? Ah, first of all, watch a Sisterly Christmas. I'm super proud of it. Super, super proud of it. If you can't watch it
2: when it premieres tomorrow, December 7th at 9 p.m., um, it's on again December 11th and on Christmas Day. So if your family's <laughs> the type to like watch Christmas movies on Christmas Day, this is on right at 6 p.m. I'd love for folks to check it out. I'm proud of it um, because it's, it's a fun movie, super fun. Super, everyone involved was super great to work with. And it's my first lead. I'm really, 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 really proud of that um i think it's significant that like i said it's a it's a christmas movie that's starring two women which is rare like it's a, a it's a family oriented um storyline um two black women is rare even two women who aren't mm-hmm. like super skinny <laughs> like it <laughs> sounds it sounds silly but honestly like lead roles usually go to like tall <laughs> super right. slim women so like i like that I feel like we are, you know, we're, we're fly, you know, as well in our own right. But like we're relatable. The story is relatable, I think. Um, and it's on own. I'm really excited about it. So I would love for folks who follow me, if you are interested in me at all, then I hope that you check out that because right now it's the, the biggest piece of work that I'm so incredibly proud of.
0: Love that. Like that. So as we come to a close here, if you had a friend of yours and they feel called to act, they've done a few shows, small parts but they just know this is what they're supposed to do with the rest of their life. What advice would you give that specific person to kind of help guide them the next few years? Hmm.
2: I would <clears throat> definitely tell them to make connections in the industry by keeping up with classes when you can and when you can afford to. And and not just for the obvious reasons of sharpening and your craft, which is the obvious reason of taking a class, but also to meet other actors because other actors are also other filmmakers um Mm -hmm. what i have learned um one of the other great roles that i had the opportunity to do was, was in a series called band ladies and that was my first series regular role and i was cast in there not by audition but by the group of women who wrote and produced and created the show I had acted with for three years at Second City. We just trained together. Wow. And even though this project that they'd created together was years later, they remembered me from working with me in that class and called me up and was like, hey, wow. we had this part that like totally has you in mind. And none of that would have come through to fruition or at least not as easily as it did. Like it mm-hmm. was a role I didn't have to audition for, which never happens.
0: <laughs> and yeah, like and it's network, all- network, network, network. Oh,
2: network, yeah. network, network, network. I would say- <laughs> take classes and even aside from taking classes there's so many with the social media now there's so many ways to and groups um even uh, outside of um structured organizations like actra and stuff you definitely if you're not involved in the union there's still like groups of people who are like-minded who are also creative who are making work just stay connected because there's so or there can be so much downtime between jobs if you only wait for the agent's phone to ring, Uh, like it's going to ring few and far between. Like you really have to stay top of mind and in your whole community's mind. Like everyone, everyone around you should know who you are. You don't have to be famous, but everyone in your city should know who you are just because you are Mm -hmm. present and you show up, Um, you show up to support other people's things as well. Other people's plays, other people's works, other people's panels, Um, just show up, be a part of the community and the community will be there for you. And Possibly give you a job.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's how this show got started, because you know it actually got started um in 2020 as a and it's gonna be sound funny, but it was just a country music interview show. Because that's where that was our network. A lot of our networks was country music in Nashville that was mm-hmm. kind of where our connections were. And so that's where we started. And we had, no, we never imagined the evolution, a, the evolution the of it to oh. be a full entertainment yeah. interview. show. we have actors and artists and mm-hmm. authors and athletes and all that, every, everybody yes. in entertainment and COVID kind of changed. We, you know, we kind of pivoted last year because all of a sudden COVID was happening and, August, we did a ton of artist interviews. But then by September, um, it was getting harder to book because people were getting gigs again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, well, how am I going to fill those spots in? I was like, so I was like, you know what? I wonder if the acting world would take us in the way the music world has. And all of a sudden we reached out and, and the very first r- actor that we really had on the show ended up being Ed Asner.
1: Yes. Oh, pit. nice.
0: I mean, so, and then everything blossomed from there. So we just never imagined the show getting to where it is today and blossoming. But but, but again, it was connections that started on as connections that's keeping us going.
2: That's right. That's right. And honestly, like, I'm, I'm having a good time. Like I said, I could only work with, or not could only, but I prefer to only work with people that I could love even on a business level. And I could definitely love you too. So even if I become the next Oprah Winfrey, you could always call me back.
1: Oh, then. And I'll always, always
2: interview here. This was really, really great and uh, a good time. Love <laughs> we that. Enjoyed so tell it everybody
0: well. how they can find you.
2: Yes. Oh, uh, well, I'm always on the gram, you know, probably too much so. Uh, <laughs> but I'm Yes, Lisa Michelle on Instagram. Um, I'm on IMDB. That's where, you know, you can see all the fun projects that I have the pleasure of being a part of. And um, yeah, that's, that's basically it.
0: And love that. You know, we really enjoyed having you we on did. today, and we definitely look forward to having you back down the road. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Have a great, great, great day. You're always day. welcome. Thanks so Thank much you. for your time today. Thank you. Bye. Ciao.